Boy, that's some pretty lousy intro music right there. Um, I couldn't even hear it. Oh, hopefully nobody else did. Oh, it was it was terribly it was, lousy. It was really really lousy. Oh, hey John, we're back. Another week of no driving gloves. Yes, it is. All right. Yeah, we're trying to give a minute or two for some of the viewers to jump in because we're not doing this intro right now. I'm kind of de- uh, still in that dilemma of doing the intro or not because anytime we seem to add an intro with any sort of music, it gets flay. Somebody tries to flag it as copyright violation, even though I have the rights to the music. That's kind of the new scam for streamer. Um, we put out stuff and there's bots that just, as soon as they see a stream go up, they claim copyright on them. You know what would be fun? I don't, I, I guess you'd probably wind up wasting a lot of money. Mm-hmm. But if if we had some of our friends that we know that are musicians record an original piece of music for the show, copyright do everything we need to and then use it have one of these bots attack us as though it's copyright and then we could go after them and counter sue have some fun with it now honestly you can't because they're really not people and still they're going to claim copyright and then we still have to go jump through hoops that's what i'm saying we waste some money but it'd be kind of fun and this this show this show you know we only broadcast to two channels on facebook and one youtube channel uh, one of the other podcasts I do, we broadcast to 10 different Facebook pages. And that means I, every time somebody files one of those violations, I have to go and jump through hoop after hoop after hoop after hoop 10 times to just even have a chance at maybe proving that I have rights to the music and it's just not worth it. So we just don't suffer with music now. At some All point, right. at some point, one of these big companies, I mean, we use a pretty decent company here to stream the show. And even when I use their default stuff that I'm perfectly licensed and they're publishing this, the show for me to whatever social media, it still gets flagged with copyright. And they've got it, you know, basically, I think it's up to these streaming services to figure out how to, if it's copyrighted and it's coming through our stream to your social media. That's a whole nother thing. That's not talking about cars. You know, back when we had classic and vintage and antique and whatever, we didn't have yep, any they, these streaming problems. They had radios in them that played music. So we're kind of on it. Th- <clears throat> Some of them did. Mm-hmm. Oh, the first radios started being installed in automobiles in the mid to late 90s. Mm-hmm. Useless fact of the night. That's not necessarily. I'm going to add that as a I'm going to add that as a segment mm-hmm. into the show. Useless fact of making that in my notes. Show notes. It's oh, it, it's it's my week to go first, and it just happened. It's just going down. It, it's poured rain here in Birmingham tonight. Bro, it's tough to see. I'll be honest. I don't see well at night driving, and I try to avoid it. And when it rains, it's even worse. But I'm going down the road, and I get the son of a bitch behind me with his brights on. And brights on, brights on. What are you supposed to do? I mean, I, I'm in a 50-mile-an-hour zone on city streets. I slowed down to five. Then a guy just pedaling on behind me. You know, don't know what I'm supposed to do. I can't, you know, it just... It, so I guess my bitch is these, you know, people. Too cheap to ha- buy a replacement light bulb when it, or a he- headlight when it burns out. But you'll go ahead and drive around with your brights creating dangerous situations. You know, are adding to a dangerous situation. Little it's, do they know they're adding to a dangerous situation. But I mean, I'm blind, so 
John, it's not dangerous. They're just not going to get a fix it. Even though the cop will still pull them over for not dimming their lights because it's probable cause for drunk driving. But anyway. Well, please do something like that. Now, I'll be honest. I was on my way to Taco Bell when this happened. And the idiot behind me, or the some bitch behind me, Sheriff BT Justice. Um, it's one of those things that, did I piss him off enough? Because we make the turn, and he follows me on the turn, and he makes the turn, and follows me on the turn. I make the turn into the old Taco Bell, and he makes the turn into the old Taco Bell. And I'm going, hmm, do I really want to go through the drive through And then he parks to go in the building. So <clears throat> you're right. He might have been in inebriated driving. In- inebriated driving, and uh, he was headed for fourth meal, you know. Well, that's what I was kind of inebriated driving. You shouldn't have been. No, we the, don't promote that on the show. No, the uh, the uh, old fourth meal. So this episode brought to you by Taco Bell, and I just went in and bought the five dollar box. And you know, Brandy's asking me, "So what'd you get, Taco Bell? Well, what'd you get? I don't know. I just order the box and whatever comes in the bag. It's probably $5. a taco. <laughs> everything yeah, at ta- everything at Taco Bell's the same thing. It's just kind of the thickness of the shell and how they fold it, right? Exactly. So. What you know? What's a burrito? Flour tortilla with meat, cheese, toppings. What are nachos? Tortilla chip, flour tort or corn tortilla chips with meat, cheese, toppings. It's all the same, just folded up different. It, exactly. A burrito is a rolled soft taco. Mm-hmm. A soft ta- taco that you've deep fried is now a hard taco. <clears throat> a Mexican pizza is just flat taco shells. You know, it's just everything, you know, it's like Chick-fil-A. Everything's the same damn thing. It's just in a different. Exactly. Oh, chicken okay. and bread, chicken and bread, chicken. Yep. Oh, so, oh, gosh, all of a sudden I'm tired. Nap attack. Taco Bell, that does it to you, man. No, I barely had time to eat the first. Taco? I don't know if it was a gordita or a chalupa. It was the fat, thick bread shell thing without the hard taco in the middle. Of it. <clears throat> sure, that thing. So, you know, I found that when I go to edit the show for the audio, I run this thing called Truncate Silence. And any silence that's longer than uh, a half a second, it reduces to a half a second. And we usually save about 15 minutes a show. Wow. All right. We are killing it. Yeah. So we're we're sorry, you video viewers. We're we're eating up an extra 10 minutes of your life. I'm uh, I'm, I'm kind of shocked that we haven't had any comments yet to me. So. But maybe once we get talking about our topic here, we will get some comments. As, as my uh, favorite professor that I've talked about on the show before, um, don't know if uh, <laughs> it's made it out to him that we've mentioned Professor Higby on the show, but uh, yeah, we always like to end class with questions, comments, concerns, quandaries, nothing. You people have nothing. Uh, so yeah, maybe we'll get some of those comments, questions, and quandaries as we dive into the nomenclature that is classic vintage and antique automobiles. What do you think, John? Are you up on your etymology, etymology, not entomology, etymology of classic vintage and antique automobiles? I have my opinions on And since they're my opinions, they must be right. You know, I heard a saying about opinions once. I do have, you know, I do have a podcast, so everything I say must be correct. Well, there you go. I think it went something like opinions are like belly buttons. Everybody has one. Is that how it was? I don't think everybody has a belly button. Hmm. All right. Well, anyway. Some some people have had them removed. I thought that was like a fashion thing. Ah, it could be. I don't know. I know they got them pierced for... 
Yeah, <sighs> it doesn't make sense to me, and I still don't know how you do that. I mean, it's really yeah, not I, pierced. I mean, you just fold the skin and stick the thing through. It's ripped. You know, ears, I, I understand, because it goes through, and then you put the thing on the back. But if you're just folding, I mean, what if you folded your earlobe and just used one ear? You better get us talking about antique vintage. Way <laughs> off topic here, John. Way off topic. Oi. Uh, all right. So seeing you've mentioned that you have your opinions, why don't you start with your opinions of classic vintage and antique automobile nomenclature or nomenclature, depending who you are and how you pronounce it, uh, in the automotive world? It really doesn't matter because you should only drive new cars with warranty that you've leased through a major automobile manufacturer. All right. Great show, everybody. Uh, <laughs> listen next week, and we may or may not have a discussion. Now, I, you know, do, do you look at it and you go with what the CCA requires, which I believe is 25 years, or what the AACA requires, which is 50 years? So that would be your classic and your antique and vintage pre-30s. I don't know. You know, and I don't believe in going off the license plates. A lot of people have commented, well, in this state, you know, you, if it's 20 years old, you get the, this tag. If it's 25 years old, you can get this tag and so on and so on down the line. I don't think that's really it. And I, and much like um, many episodes ago, we talked about with, I don't believe it was SEMA, but one of those hot rod groups that Will shows cars at, they changed it to a rolling you know, you couldn't have any car for the longest time, 72 or newer. It had to be 70 mm-hmm. or older. And then they changed it to 1987 and it made it a, a kind of a rolling year. As time goes on, it keeps up with, I guess, if you we were talking about that in 1000, so that would have been 20. They were going 35 years, um, roughly. Uh, so is it 35 years? And to me, I don't. I don't think it's a time thing. I almost look at it as cars. A classic is kind of older and maybe something that my parents would have. Uh, Vintage, I think, starts coming. Vintage to me is older with some value. And antique is something like my grandparents or my great-grandparents might. And it kind of still gives it that rolling time frame and such. And if you notice, and if you go through a lot of the descriptions, and if you even go through the description of what no driving gloves is, we talk about collectible. And that's the term I always use, because I think it's all-encompassing are collector cars. They're cars that you collect, and it doesn't define it. I don't care if your collection is 2019 Celine Mustang. It's collectible cars. I don't care if your collection is, I'm sorry, Derek, this is just popping into my head, but 2018 Chevrolet Impalas. Sweet. I mean, I've got 40 of them. It's, to you, it's a collectible car. Everything can be collectible, and I, I don't, and I use that term quite often to avoid using classic vintage and antique. That's interesting, because I, I actually probably would do the reverse of what you said, on classic and vintage because, well, and I guess, you know, you mentioned, do you go by the CCCA, you know, definition or the AACA or any of the groups that are out there that like to try to define the vehicles specifically for their membership and who they're going to let in and who they're not going to let in basically comes down to. But if you, if you use, you know, the, say if you were to apply the CCCA, 
CCCA definitions. Classic would be, you know, you mentioned vintage is something that your parents would like and has some value. Whereas really kind of the way CCCA looks at is, you know, they call them full classics. And, you know, they are classic cars that are, you know, higher end and have value to them. You know, you're not talking about, you know, a Model A is not allowed in the CCCA, at least last time I checked. Um, and I doubt it is right now as a full classic, you know, so I would almost vice versa flip the two classic and vintage the way you described them. The classic had value, um, or had a higher value other, you know, vintage cars thinking of the, the full classic definition that CCCA would use for their vehicles and, you know, antique is, is tough. And here's the, you know, I think with all these, you know, I like that, you know, you commented that you use the term collectible because it's, or collectible cars, because it is, creates basically an even playing field. It's just cars that people enjoy and have fun with. And, you know, these antique, vintage, classic, they're kind of ambiguous terms that people just use to define, you know, I, th- I think it used to be at one point, uh, the antique was 75 years or older. And, uh, you know, that was kind of that definition of an antique car. But it, can you really classify it that way, way anymore? No, not really. You know, and, and I tend to, you know, I guess I tend to classify things more by their era of of automobile. So, you know, it's pretty easy to talk about horseless carriage vehicles, brass era, nickel era, black iron period, uh, you know, all of those. But then of course you get into the fifties, sixties, stuff like that. You can't really define an era. You could say, Oh, you know, I collect 1950s cars instead of classic or vintage cars. But you know, you can also, you know, you've got the muscle car era, sports car. So how do you, how do you define anything as ambiguous as classic vintage and antique? And I think that's, that's where the debate really comes in. I mean, what inspired this topic, it's one that I've thought of for a while, but I had a friend ask the question on um, social media and there's all kinds of answer, 50 years old, 60 years old, 70 years um, what the car costs. If it's 50 plus, it's classic. 60 plus, it's vintage. 70 plus, it's antique. Um, somebody else says, you know, 97 and early is a, earlier is a classic. And then um, you get into what, again, what, like I said, what some of the various clubs, uh, it's collector car insurance, I think American collectors, according to this statement, vintage car manufactured between 19 and 30 antique car, manufactured 75 or early, earlier, uh, greater than 45 years old. Classic car manufactured 2000 or earlier, greater than 20 years old. Um, so with this definition, a vintage car is also an antique car and also a classic, right? Yeah, pretty and much. So it kind of covers everything. It, um, you know, interestingly enough, I don't know that, I mean, you hear of vintage but I feel like vintage almost isn't used that much anymore. I think it really comes down now. 
I only really hear people say classic car or antique car. Very rarely do I hear the term vintage car. So that might be falling out of popularity. But I'm almost wondering if we could create new no driving glove definitions for these. And I think uh, antique car should be any car uh, that you have or collect that uh, no one is remaining living that remembers the car when it was. I think we should start with that. That'd be an antique. So if, if there is no one alive in the world that would have been alive when that car was new, then it's an antique. So I'm not sure who the oldest living person in the world is right now. It's usually somewhere around 110, 111 years old. So Yeah, but they, the they, usually, they usually live somewhere where they don't have motorized transportation. <laughs> right, but they're still alive, and they were alive when the car was new. So, you know, that's that's the way I'm going to describe it. If If you have a car that no one is alive in the world that would have been alive when that car was new, the, the year that car came out new, then you have an antique car. That's going to be my no driving gloves description of antique. How do you like it? Um, I don't know if I quite go with that. I don't um, like you either. Jim. I've got the oldest person, whatever, not currently alive, but the oldest person. Uh, there we go. World's oldest man living confirmed is Juan Bicet Perez. He is 112 years and 250 days old as of february 4th so 2022 yeah yeah so he's 112 you said yeah so he'd be he's pushing 113 now 113 the oldest or the living person or whatever well uh, guinness is saying the old well that's the oldest man the oldest living person is lucille randon in france uh, born 9, 11 February 1904 and is 118 years old, 118 years, 73 days old as of April 25th. So there you I go. guess we're looking yeah. anything 19, 19 or four, 1904 or older is your antique car. There you go. Now, I will say uh, the way that Henry Ford Museum, uh, sorry, I'm concentrating on too many things. Let me start over. The way Henry Ford Museum and Greenfield Village define old car festival, which most people refer to as antique cars, you know, a, a show for antique cars, is anything 1932 and earlier. The reason for that is because they consider the development of the first monoblock removable flathead V8, which was the Ford V8, to be the technological change that modernized the automobile. Does that make sense? Did it did it come out clear? So basically, you know, the 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 idea of having a you know single cast V block eight cylinder engine was the one of the major turning points in modernizing the automobile as we know. So they're going with the V block because we had removable heads prior. Yeah, I yeah, I shouldn't have said removable head. Well, there were V8s that didn't have removable heads. Well, I'm just thinking like Packard but, had straight they were straight eights, but the heads were yeah, removable. Right. Right, but okay. it was the the idea of casting a you know a single cast block that was a V8 right. had removable heads was basically your modern day V. Okay. Ah, Robert Isaacs. Oh, but, Thank you. Um, but is it really 
you know, Robert Isaacs was saying, um, you know, Haggerty, anything 79 or old, uh, trying to think. Uh, but it's obviously varying definitions with, uh, what do I want to say, with whoever. Um, yeah, every every group's going to define it differently. And, you know, it's just, like I said, they're such ambiguous terms. You know, I mean, go to go to an antique store and, you know, an antique store and you're going to find stuff from the 1980s and 1990s in there at some of the the booths that people have set up are they are those antiques you know are your are your coat collectibles from the 1990s antiques they're in an antique store does that make them antique i don't think so yeah i just looked up uh, the classic car club of america and actually they don't go by age they basically say um since its beginning in 1952 the classic car club of america has been about vintage classics 1915 through 1948 so they're saying a vintage classic is 15 through 48 so i guess 49 is not included in that and neither is a 14 yeah well, that's I, that's because fifteen, you know, nineteen fifteen to nineteen sixteen is the transition and end of what everybody refers to as the brass era. So you don't have brass era cars, although nineteen fifteen you still have quite a bit of brass on some cars. But really, nineteen fifteen sixteen is often considered the end of the brass era, and then seventeen sixteen seventeen forward is you know nickel era there's you know black iron mentioned in there in some groups but yeah really horseless carriage to brass era to nickel era is the common path that leads up and uh, so they're kind of they're kind of jumping in at that end of the brass era to get that classic definition but the organization was founded in 52 for 15 to 48 vehicles. So say you and I decided to say it didn't exist and we decided right now, let's start the Classic Car Club of America. Mm -hmm. That would be like saying cars from 19, or excuse me, 2018 would be, that's for, you know, they were talking four-year-old cars. That's what we're talking here. Actually, probably 2019 because there's 2023s on the market. Yeah, as I was gonna say, they were only talking two years, or no, they fifty two, right? Not fifty two. So yeah, so yeah, back it up, like two thousand nineteen. Yeah. So I'm only gonna do um, cars that were designed to run on unleaded gas. So cars nineteen seventy four, nineteen seventy five to two thousand eighteen. Those are classic cars. Well, are you gonna back up and and do all the earlier stuff too? Because tetraethyl lead started getting added to gasoline in about 1926 or 29 that they started playing with it, as I recall. No, uh, because because I'm one of these exclusionaries, and oh, these, okay. are, these are the rules that I set. Gotcha. All right, but those those are you know, frankly, I. I'm tired. But wait, if 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 no dri- if that's going to be the no driving gloves definition of you're saying that's classic? Yes. Okay, so what did you say 1970? I think it's 4. 74 is pretty much when was it 74ish. Yeah, I think and then it stretched out like lawsuits and stuff stretched out into the late 70s over it. Uh so if we use my definition of antique, we would have everything pre 1904, right? 
and yours would your classic definition would be everything after 70. So vintage no, must be everything from 1905 to 1973. No, no 74 to 2018. Otherwise, it's too new of a car. That's, so that's right. My oh, 74 no. to 2019. That's classic. So vintage is everything from 1905 to 1973. We solved it. No, I don't think I like that one. Vintage is, um, I don't know. Maybe because vintage is just like, it's just like wine. Because no, no, no. It's, it's just going to be like wine when you refer to your car. You just be like, it's it's a it's a nineteen nineteen vintage. It's, it's got a great yeah. It's got great rubber. Great, you know, it has very very oaky undertones. A little bit of little bit of ash in, and uh, you know, a little little bit of uh, burnt oil aromas. Mm, yes, yes. Really, really picking up the antifreeze kind of sweet smell here out of it. So. I mean, in researching and looking over this, it's literally take a handful of crap and throw it at the wall and see what sticks. And there's, um, you know, the one, excuse me, I'm sorry, that Taco Bell is revisiting. Um, I never looked up what like Webster's defines classic vintage and antique as. And then do we do that? Because antique does have a certain definition in the, collecting world of say art uh fine art or furniture or things like that is that what we're trying to do with cars and do do we look at what true antiques are and what true vintage is where or do the does that fluctuate does that fluctuate in other hobbies or interests i don't know i don't play in very other hobbies and interests I think it does. I mean, it, again, it goes back to the antique store. You know, the the and even I, even if you go into high end antique stores, there's no real limit on what they're going to put in there. They're going to high end antique stores are going to put in you know your higher end valuables, right? I mean, if we think about furniture, you know, probably let's see, it's 2022, so let's say. 30, 40 years ago, mid-century modern pieces weren't really... Okay, some of the the artistic, very high-end mid-century modern has always been valuable. But some of the lower-end mid-century modern pieces, they weren't terribly valuable. They weren't that old. But now, mid-century modern pieces of furniture are becoming more collectible, more valuable, and... I mean, mid-century modern automobiles, I hate to say it, styling cues of automobiles come from the art world. They come from what's going on in society and culture. So we have Art Deco automo- inspired automobiles. We have Art Nouveau inspired automobiles. We have mid-century modern inspired automobiles. It's all part of that what's going on. Uh, and so, you know, as time goes by, those pieces are going to change and become more interesting to the collectors. So, yeah, I mean, I think in the in the antique furniture hobby, all of those, you know, I mean, you never I will say this in the in the art world. I don't think I've ever heard anyone refer to a piece of art as an antique piece of art. It's just simply art. Right. I mean, I, you've okay. never heard of yes. some, you've never heard somebody say, oh, we should we should run down to the uh, the Met this weekend and check out the antique Van Goghs. 
No, it's just we should go see the Van Gogh exhibit or the Michelangelo exhibit. Not, oh, you know, that antique sculpture that Michelangelo did. But wouldn't you get the antique um, Ming vases? I've heard that before. Or the... Um, but that's not... And, and, that's not... That, it, it is a, a type of art, right? Because they're they're lumped in that, but they are decorative arts. And they are, they tend to be objects that are, you know, when they were created really more, were more for, I hate to say pedestrian use, but, you know, they were for a purpose of, you know, putting something in, right? One of the, the vases, things like that, flowers, whatever they were putting in those, a piece of art be it a painting, a sculpture, defining it as, let's call it fine art, although some deck art falls into fine art. It's that's where you don't hear these antique vintage and classic terms. I don't know. Maybe I'm going off on a terrible tangent, but it's all because and in our discussions in this past week over this topic, you know, I sent a text to you saying, oddly, this is very apropos because I'm working on a paper on this in the automotive museum field on nomenclature that we use, why we use it, whether or not it's right. You didn't use apropos. You know, okay, Robert. Sorry, I, I wanted to elevate the conversation podcast. Yeah, yeah. Robert goes on here and he's kind of saying what I, I said. Is it just because a car's old? He says there needs to be some desirability. And I went ahead and answered I my ch- question or did what I, I said. I object, Your Honor. Well, I did what I said. Why, why don't we do this? Why do we have to be unique as car people? And um, the Webster Dictionary definition of antique. And I mean, these actually play really well into the car world, kind of. I'm going to say kind of. Antique. A noun. A collectible object, such as a piece of furniture or work of art, that has a high value because of considerable age. So they're saying it needs to, in order to be an antique, it needs to be of considerable age and have a high value. So that even kind of eliminates yours with, you know, older than the oldest person living because it still needs to have a high value. There's very few cars pre-904 that don't have. Um, Then we go into the definition of a classic. Well, wait a second. The definition of antique as a adjective, um, having a high value because of belonging to ancient times, statues of ancient gods or antique guy. Um, and then it can also be used as a verb. But classic would go on uh, as an adjective, well, as a noun, a work of art recognized and established value. Um, as an adjective, judged over a period of time to be of the highest quality and outstanding of its kind. That doesn't take the value into it, but it is of the highest quality and outstanding of its kind. I can kind of go with that, too. And then if we finally get down to vintage, um, it really, the definitions all focus on wine. So should we even have vintage as cars? What did uh, I say earlier? What yeah, did I say earlier? Exactly. Uh, the definition of vintage in current terms as a noun, the year or place in which wine, especially wine of high quality, was produced. Um True meaning of vintage from the Merriam-Webster Dictionary. Uh, Definition one of wine relating to or 
uh, produced in a particular vintage, two, of old, recognized, and enduring interest, importance, or quality. I go with that. If it's vintage, it's got to be old, recognized, it has enduring entrance, interest, importance, or quality. So it doesn't have to have all three, just... And I think that I think those definitions really define it. And it's not saying okay, before I, 19, I, 1932 or something. But wait, you just said vintage said had the word old in it, right? Yes. So how do you define old? What makes something a year, two years, three years, four years, five years? I think it's an interpretation of old because not only does it have to be old, it has to be recognized. So that means more than one person has to agree that it's old. And has enduring entrance or importance or quality. So you've got to have those three things. So if it's very important and somebody's recognizing it as important, then those does that same group recognize it as old? That is an interesting question. Yeah, I like these definitions. I can go with that. I can really roll with it. God dang it, the dictionary's smart. That Webster, I mean, come on. We knew everything. I, I heard a trivia question this week about um, dictionaries, and I never did hear the answer, but I'm pretty sure I know the answer. I guess I have the Google in front of me. But what one word is spelled incorrectly in every dictionary? Incorrectly? That was my assumption. Uh, probably in, in every American dictionary? No, because they probably have both. I was going to say uh, aluminum or properly aluminum. Why would that be spelled incorrectly? Well, the the true spelling of it is aluminium with an extra I. But is that incorrect? Because that's not the accepted spell. That's that's why I'm saying <laughs> that it probably isn't the answer. <laughs> okay. Well, we came up with, I came up with a podcast. We have just now defined classic vintage and antique automobile. Wait, aren't you going to answer the question of what car, what word is spelled incorrectly in every dictionary? I told you I don't know. I didn't hear the answer. Oh, Lord. That, you really did that to us? Yeah. I said, okay, I can I back of... up to my, can I back up to my objection? I agree with your dictionary terms. I, well, your dictionary terms, this is interesting. I have a hard time with the idea of, as Robert put it, cars of interest should only be categorized because who's going to define if it is a car of interest? Because... Well, I have. I mean, it's, I have. I have myself and a few of my friends have interest in cars that other people hate and despise and don't have any interest in. Well, that's where in vintage it's enduring, and I believe even if people despise it, it still has interest. You know, it's kind of like there's no such thing as bad publicity. Or if they're talking about it, it's good. Doesn't matter if they're talking negatively about it. It's good because it puts you on the forefront of thought. Uh, it's kind of like, let's go with Etzels. Weren't they despised and hated when they were new, et cetera, et cetera? Why do people collect them now? <laughs> Etzel, it's not that they got Baker Avantes. It's not that they got all of a sudden became better cars. People remember them. And they're going to spark interest. So it, you know, like those, those. Oh, and John, don't forget for, 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 you know, your side of the world and, and my side of the world in some ways, the Lotus Europa, that car was not very well liked when it came out that, you know, what people thought wasn't great styling. Well, you've been talking about, um, or we've talked recently about the Lotus 
74 to 76 or elite. That wasn't exactly. Yeah, the elite. Uh, and I mean, you get people throw pacers and gremlins and all the these Ugo. other things. Robert just threw out the Yugo. We'll see. And, and see, I have an interest in Yugos. I re- really like it. And I just saw a, uh, a Yugo convertible for sale again. And there's only, it's, it's really weird. There's only like, what, 40 of them in this country or were imported. And there's usually always one for sale. And it's hmm. always a different one. But see, that that would mean just about everything we've discussed there would be vintage. Yeah. Now, would they Again, be? ambiguous. They would, they would not be classic because they are not necessarily to the highest quality. Um, and they are not remarkably and instructively typical. Wait, say that again. Read the whole thing again. What? I can't. That one doesn't make sense. Can you read? No, sometimes I can't. Sometimes this segment, this segment brought to you by Hooked on Phonics. Judged over a period of time to be of the highest quality and outstanding of its kind, this is classic. So that would eliminate just about the Yugo and the Gremlin. and um, Or a noun, it would be defined as a work of art, recognized and established value. Well, they have established value, but I think when I'm going to interpret that definition to value meaning of significant expense, not 40 bucks. Uh, well, but do they define value? Well, like I said, I it think is, you... Is it, got, is it monetary value or could we be talking about historic? So at that point, you're saying that an Etzel could be a classic because mm-hmm. it is a st- it has established historical value. <laughs> Don't ever build a car that looks like that again. Established historical value. Uh, and then antique. A collectible object, such as a piece of furniture or work of art that has a high value because of its considerable age. So antique does get us, it's got to have considerable age, Mm -hmm. which kind of goes back to the old thing with vintage, but it has to have a high value where vintage doesn't have to have the high value. This is very interesting. Not where I thought this conversation was going to go this evening. I'm liking it. Yeah, so I mean, when you're really... I guess looking at the definitions of these, we have to, I, I think we need to step out of the car world and actually think about it. And all the definitions that were given, you know, everybody always tries to define it by a year. That's not what any of these words actually mean in the English language. This is literally, I, <laughs> I'm, it's, I, this is literally exactly what the paper I'm writing is about. <laughs> It's so perfect. It is so perfect. Well, now you've got an audio version. You can exactly. Just... Except for mine goes deeper into many other words. So, Well, we only have uh, as much time as we want to take because it's a podcast. Nothing irritates me more than when you're listening to a podcast. And they, well, we've got time for one last question. You've got time for 80 questions if you don't want to get up from your computer and microphone. You know, just gotta Yeah, keep... but we also don't want to bore our, our listeners. Well, I was just so going to say... Like an hour is... That's one thing. It doesn't matter how long your podcast is, as long as you're providing value. It's if you only go. So it's, eight, so it's an antique podcast or a vintage podcast. One was providing value, um, <laughs> significant value, <laughs> which just throws everything out of the water. Uh, Robert, would, it would not be antique. It would. Um, Robert's Robert's comment was sometimes old is just old and has no value. He just defined John Viviani. Yeah, you want to see my value? I'll push. End show. <laughs> and then everybody will be sitting out there lost. Yes. So have we have we killed the classic 
vintage and antique conversation because I want to bring up one other term that we have used on the show before. We gave Will a hard time about, and I have thought. I almost, I almost put, word. I almost put it in the infographic because I know we have not talked about this, but it almost went into the show cover because I know what you're talking about. What word is it, Jen? Resto mod. Resto mod, exactly. I have no idea. It, well, the paper that I'm writing s- kind of spurred my mind into thinking about this word again because of the the wonderful debates we have with Will when he's on about it. But I think I've come up with an idea of what it could define rather than what it currently does define. Because right now, and and Will and I, and I think you, that Restomod really, as it's being thrown around and used today, is simply a new word for a hot rod or a street, whichever way you want to define hot rod or street rod. Because the Restomods are using LS swapped engines and you know, blah, 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 blah. They're, they're hot rodding or street rodding the car. They're basically nearly fully customizing the car and calling it a resto mod. But I think if we were to break that down, that word is restoration modification, right? So it's a modified restoration. I think so if you go I back think, I think if you go back to the episode that we originally got in that debate, I believe that was the definition that I proposed. What? Which one? A modified restoration. Right, but did we did we clarify what that would mean? No, because Will didn't like it. <laughs> well, right, but I, I think if we didn't get into the discussion of what that means, then it's useless to just say it. Because you know, I, I, I'm just, I just started kind of thinking about this and diving into it. And I really think where that needs to fall is, and, and my mind immediately went to a lot of, here, we'll use the word antique car, uh, early car collectors, you know, brass era and a nickel era and all those eras, Model T era car collectors that often do tours will add some type of upgraded or modified braking system to their car, even though it is restored exactly as it would have come out of the factory. They restore it all the way to that point, and then they simply add or modify a better braking system so that it's safer on the road. Uh, occasionally, they'll add sometimes a period overdrive or sometimes a not period overdrive to the car. I guess to me, that resto mod should be applied to cars that are, let's call it nearly you know, restored to factory specifications, but have what I would call very minor modifications for, let's call it safety or you know, comfort, uh, you know, adding vintage air to your collector car and you know, uh, instead of a manual transmission, having a automatic transmission put in it to make it easier to drive. I think that's kind of where that resto mod term needs to be used. That's that's just kind of what I'm brainstorming right now. Now, see, I still agree with kind of how the resto mod term is used. The actual definition is or one of the definitions, and it's kind of the one I go with. It is a classic car that has been restored, but modified using modern parts and technology. Aesthetically, the vehicle looks the same until you look under the hood 
or reach for the radio or, you know, it has power seats or it has. No, it doesn't because half the half the resto mods running through Barrett Jackson have a candy pearl clear coat on them and aluminum 18 inch rims. They look nothing like factory. No, that again, that's modified with modern parts and technology. You're putting modern wheels on it and tires. Then you haven't restored the car. Oh, if you're restoring the car, it uses that's where both you and Will get stuck. They never say restoring it original. They're saying a car that has been restored but modified. So I understand. And I understand there's where Will kind of said is that it's not restored. It's modified. Yeah. You're, I think it's paying homage or respect to the original styling of the vehicle, but bringing it to a comfort level that will encourage use. I think that definition allows for too much modification if you're going to use the restoration term ahead of it. That's my take on it. Well, that gets us into then... And now we're getting into more terms and we're probably going to have to uh, carry it on to another show. What does restoration? What is a restored car? Exactly. So uh, what, did what you is say, an over restored what, car? What did you say I was there, Derek? Was I classic vintage or antique? Uh, no, I said you're uh, just old. Sometimes old is just old and has no value. Okay. Well, that, and then you just answered Robert's question there too. <laughs> All of our listeners you, have you, value, Sean. It's the hosts that have no value. You young whippersnapper, you. Yeah. Hey, whatever. I don't care. Well. I'm not in my 40s yet. I think for once, no driving gloves might have actually answered the question. The topic. Look up the and damn t- word in the di- dictionary, and that's the way we go. It doesn't matter if it's applying to a car, a vase, a table, a chair. Of I think I already said a vase. I mean doesn't matter what it's applying to. Look up the modifier. It is a vintage car, a vintage plant. It is a vintage chair. It is an antique, you know, car. It is an antique set of silverware. It is an antique goblet. You know, just it's all the same. Just look up what the damn, at this point, we're using it as an adjective. Um, it is an antique bedpan. I so, to, seen, to, so yeah, exactly. my dad has an so, antique uh, oxygen concentrator. So seeing we answered the question, we can steal a line from another show and we can end on that bombshell. That there you was go. the line from the other show. That's what I'm I saying. Can't, I can't we'll steal which. Jeremy Clarkson, Top Gear. And oh, that's that bombshell. I can't, I can't see. And I can't go with that because um, I despise Jeremy. I think he's the worst stain. on Most the people do. He's the worst stain on the automotive hobby ever. And should be totally eliminated. And I can't stand. What? And I'm say, I can't stand the arrogant son of a bitch. And well, yeah, that's <laughs> everybody. Everybody feels that way, right? But here's the interesting. I want to go back and watch Top Gear from the very beginning all the way up to the bombshell of an ending of the show with those hosts on it. So you want to start I watching? Saw, start well, watching I saw Top Gear from 1978. Yeah, why not? But specifically when Jeremy Clarkson comes onto the show, because I saw a clip not that long ago, probably right around the time he started, and he was actually giving a review of a car that was actually relevant 
and more of your, you know, actual automotive review type discussion about, you know, space in the car, you know, level of road noise versus, you know, versus another car. And, and it, it was actually useful information uh, at the time. I don't know when the clip was from, I just happened to see it. I don't even remember where, but it would be interesting to see the progression and when, well, I mean, it's like even in America, I mean, it's a, it, at some point during the, I'm going to call it the 90, late 90s, probably early 2000s. Everything that was educational had to change. It had to become entertainment and entertainment only because that seems to be all people want anymore. They don't really care about information. It's just, what's entertaining? Let's drop a car from a helicopter and see what it does. It's, so, it's useless. And it, it's the same thing as the History Channel. The History Channel watch was the- good. Now it sucks. Well, it doesn't have anything to do with history. But you want to watch Top Gear from when Jeremy Clarkson joined the show the day. Because Top Gear goes back decades and decades. Well, I know. I know. But I know I wouldn't mind starting it from the beginning just to, because they're going to be reviewing interesting vehicles uh, that have you know information that would be good for an automotive historian. Uh, still, very rarely will I not hedge and I always have to be a little bit vague about something. Jeremy Clarkson, from the moment he was fired uh, from Top Gear, I have not watched in a single episode any sort of Top Gear, whatever the damn Netflix show he did. And I lost all respect for uh, James May, the little midget. Um, I used to like them a lot more than Jeremy on Top Gear lost all respect for him because they didn't stand by the little guy. They stood their, their own pocketbook. Those three guys, I don't care how big they are to the automotive world. I just, so I can't let you end on a bottle. I I don't really (laughs) think anybody's going to disagree with you. Eh, There might be a few, but you don't don't think anybody's going to disagree with me. That's why they had what eight seasons, nine seasons on Netflix afterwards. You know, they they have a ton of things. Anybody, Anybody that is knowledge of motive world and automotive history, is that better? Do no, I need to I clarify? Dis- I, I, I disagree. I think there's too many people that just... So we won't end on a bombshell, but um, we could end on The Prisoner with his Lotus 7 BC. There you go. I'm out of here. See you guys.